episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about trolls, monsters, mutants, and all manner of pop culture doom. I am your host, Diabolical Dave, and that's about as long as I can do that. Okay, hey everybody, welcome to the show, welcome to Halloween, here on the Needless Things Podcast. Not only will we be doing spooky episodes all month long, but please go and check out the Needless Things YouTube channel for spooky toy reviews all month. Last week, uh, I had a whole week of Thundercats. This week, I had a whole week of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from Super 7, culminating in a crossover where Ninja Turtles merged with Halloween for a Baxter Stockman review because it was the return of the fly. Uh, because I had already reviewed the, the Bug Zapper Glow Baxter Stockman, which you can go back and watch as well. Please watch, share, subscribe, like, do whatever. Uh, so this was technically the return of the fly because it was my second Baxter Stockman review. This is for the fully painted uh, regular release. And I gotta say, they're both worth having. But you can go check that out on the Needless Things YouTube channel. Uh, coming next week on Monday, I will be reviewing NECA's Creep figure from Creep Show. And uh, all throughout the month, spooky toy reviews. If you have a suggestion, if there's a spooky toy you would like for me to review, the best way to get me to do it is to send it to me. So shoot me a message on Facebook and figure out how to do that. Uh, but you can suggest in the Needless Things Podcast Facebook group. Jump in there. Drop a suggestion. Uh, and if it's reasonable, then you know I'll, I'll get it and review it on the YouTube channel. Because why not? But otherwise, I've, I've still got a stack of stuff over here uh, that's going to be great all month long. Uh, what else have we got going on? That's, I think that's all the plugging. Oh, nope. New episode of the Audible Interlude podcast, the G.I. Joe podcast, goes up this Monday. That is October the 5th. A brand new episode. And there will be an Audible Interlude Halloween special on October 23rd. So stay tuned for that. And uh, I am currently working to figure out how to get Audible Interlude its own feed. Uh, so it will be, you'll uh, you'll still be able to access it everywhere you can get the Needless Things podcast, but it'll be its own thing, kind of like Execute Chapter 66 now is, which, by the way, go subscribe to them wherever you listen to your podcast. All right, I think that's all the business. Now it's time, and we've got a lot of it, for the news. <laughs> News. All right, news item number one, Dino Riders are back. 
Weirdly enough, I had no idea this was happening. This is officially licensed product from Mattel. Uh, it is a Dino Riders Rulon Warriors Battle Pack. It's Entertainment Earth exclusive. So if you go to entertainmentearth.com, which is a great toy retailer, then you can order this for $19.99. It is a pack of Army Men style figures six dinosaurs three good guys three bad guys uh four riders or four good guy riders four rulon or bad guy riders uh and then it looks like two good guy standing figures two bad guy standing figures it looks really cool i want it it's 20 bucks it's a great deal for you know it's it may not be the dino riders you want but it's a really cool little item that I think if there's enough interest, then Mistel, Mattel might consider pursuing the license in other ways. I don't see, honestly don't see full-size Dino Riders coming back, because I feel like they'd be expensive in this day and age. But who knows? I could be wrong about that. Um, I, I don't know. There's lots of possibilities. But considering they basically did a line of Dino Riders in Imaginext already, and they did very well... Uh, I don't think you can rule out or rule on <laughs> uh, some new form of licensed Dino Riders toys. But whatever the case, this big box set looks really cool, and uh, I'm in. I'll be reviewing it on the Needless Things YouTube channel. Moving on, because there is so very much, the Razor Crest is funded. This was announced at PulseCon last Friday or Saturday, I don't know. Everything kind of blended together. The newest HasLab pursuit is the Razor Crest, which is uh, the Mandalorian ship. Big giant item, uh, 30 inches long, 19 inches high. Looks incredible, loaded with detail. If you've got the sail barge, then you know how much extra love and attention goes into these HasLab items. I backed it. I had to. After eliminating black series from my collecting and focusing on three and three quarter inch scale star wars you know that that leaves me the the opportunity to go after something like this so i'm in because if you look at it this is equivalent well it's less than 20 black series figures and i would easily have bought 20 black series figures next year if i had kept up with that so the math works. It sounds weird, but it works. Uh, it it already is funded. It already smashed through the first tier, which was an escape pod. Uh, the tiers are extras they add on, and it is well on its way to, towards achieving the third tier, which is the first ever vintage collection figure of the child and the pram from the end of season one. Now, this is the first ever announced. It's entirely possible the child will make it to market before this comes out next November. But whatever the case, it'll be an exclusive figure that's only available in this form with this set. Uh, it's great. Go check it out. It's up until November 20th, I think. You can back this thing and get in on it. And I, if you're at all interested in 3 and 3 quarter inch Star Wars, I highly recommend you do it. If you're a fan of The Mandalorian... Uh, I recommend you do it because, as you as we saw with the barge, uh, Hasbro has plans to accompany this with plenty of product. 
I now have I've I've got stuff I haven't even opened yet. They put out so much product to coincide with the sale barge coming out. Uh, I've still got figures on cards. I've got the three pack of skiff guards that I haven't made it to yet. Uh, stuff that's just sitting around waiting to be opened. So Hasbro. They know what they're doing with this sort of cross-merchandising. All right, moving on to other PulseCon announcements. Driss Doerden and Gunmuvar, I apologize for butchering that poor cat's name, uh, figures I never even imagined I would be getting in this form. Now, I've got a Driss like, miniature from when I was a teenager, but I got, if, if you don't know, Dungeons & Dragons has all kinds of offshoot worlds and licenses under its umbrella. And Forgotten Realms is one of them, and Drist is a character from that inhabits the Forgotten Realms. He's a drow elf, um, or dark elf, and is one of the coolest D&D characters ever. Uh, I, this was a complete surprise. It blew me away. I pre-ordered it the second it was available, even though it's outside of my normal collect money I was saving by not buying Black Series figures. Uh, but... I, this, I, I couldn't pass this up. I, I absolutely couldn't. I read all those books when I was in high school. I was obsessed. Uh, this was a really cool surprise. And I hope they don't do Dragonlance figures, because if they do, I'm just going to go broke. Uh, they showed five different Star Wars holiday figures that initially I was like, oh, that's really cool. I love Christmas stuff. Those look fun. And then when pre-order time came, I was like, you know what? That's 100 bucks. I don't need to spend. I don't care for the designs that much. I like the concept. I like the idea of holiday deco Star Wars figures, like variants. But there's so much other stuff out there coming out right now that I just don't need to blow the money on those things. And they were at five different retailers, which is a new trend that I absolutely hate. Uh, because some retailers, you know, you get on Amazon, you just order it. It's no big deal. Target stuff sells out in seconds. Walgreens uh, stuff gets canceled. It sells out very quickly. Walmart, maybe you can get in to get the pre-order. But as we're seeing with some of the WWE and G.I. Joe stuff that we pre-ordered from Walmart months ago, uh, they delay it, they delay it, they delay it, and then they cancel it. So I, I've... I do not want to have to get a full set of anything from multiple retailers because that's just asking to have a hole in that collection and in the end to be disappointed. Uh, moving on, the Mandalorian Armorer. There is a regular version headed to retail and then there was an exclusive version offered during PulseCon, which I got my pre-order in for that. I'm very excited. That comes with, I think it was a fur collar and a Mando helmet, like in the process of being forged it's it's like on the tongs with heat and stuff coming off it or smoke or steam or something looks awesome but i mean i that that is something that's my loophole there for black series i am collecting mandalorians but i i have always collected mandalorians so it's not really outside of my realm uh, and speaking of Mandalorians, there is a return of the jedi boba fett coming to the black series finally for some reason, it's a deluxe figure. I don't see where it has enough extra to be $10 more. But I do believe they said it's 100% new tooling. So it is not using that old Empire Fet mold or, or tooling or whatever that we've seen released three or four times or, or more even already. This is a new, 100% new figure. So, I mean, for me, it's worth it just for that. Uh, there was also a Plasma Series Ecto-1 for Ghostbusters that there was a lot of confusion about. Uh, 
it seemed like calling it Plasma Series meant it was going to be scaled to go with the 6-inch Plasma Series figures, which I didn't collect because I don't think they look good. But I do have Mezco's 112 collective figures, and they need an Ecto-1. But then when it went up for pre-order, it was only 50 bucks, So it's clearly not a 6-inch scale vehicle. And looking at the measurements, uh, the measurements were like 9 inches high, 20 inches long. And I was like, man, but those measurements, though, make it seem like it's it's 12th scale. But those are the measurements for the box, not for the actual vehicle. So it is a 118th scale vehicle, but I'm not let down. I ordered it because it's G.I. Joe-sized. It's a G.I. Joe-sized Ecto-1, uh, which I will be happy to have. Now, once they release a regular movie version that's not from the new movie and all rusted out and stuff, I might be like, well, I kind of wish I didn't have this one, but whatever. It was. I realize this may sound weird, but for 50 bucks for an Ecto-1... Uh, I thought it was worth it because it looks fantastic. And once the movie does come out, I'll probably would have been itchy for it anyway. Uh, Marvel Legends, they announced a whole wave of Avengers. The Build-A-Figure is Joe Fix-It from the video game. Uh, there were a bunch of other figures that were all fine. Kang was the only one that I wanted. Uh, and Joe Fix-It, if they re-release him in his proper gray skin tone, then I might be interested in that. But he does look very... He doesn't really look like he's Joe Fixit proportions. He looks like Hulk in a suit. He doesn't look like Joe Fixit. So I don't know how interested I am in that one. Uh, they showed Spider-Verse Miles and Gwen that are much more accurate to the movie than the two-pack that they cranked out uh, a couple of years ago. I definitely want to get those. Stiltman build a figure in that wave. And the Hand Ninja which is just a red ninja that looks really awesome, and quite frankly, I think I like it a little better than G.I. Joe classified red ninjas. Uh, but you can hear more about that on the next episode of the Audible Interlude podcast coming this Monday. Bad guys, uh, unleashed, or on the loose, or something like that. A whole wave of bad guys, they only showed two of them. Uh, Dormammu, which I don't care about. An arcade, legendary X-Men villain. One that I... I don't know that I ever would have thought to ask for a figure of, but now that he's coming, I'm thrilled, and he looks incredible. Uh, they also showed Mortimer McTaggart, Professor X, and Magneto from the House of uh, X, oh gosh, House of X, Powers of X, uh, whatever the Hickman thing was that I read some of and absolutely loved it, and then saw that they were spinning like 15 titles out of it and just gave up. Uh, but anyway... Very cool. Moira McTaggart, for me, is the big one there because she's a necessary piece of X-Men lore that I need on my shelf. Uh, they also showed retro versions of Gambit and Rogue, so if you missed out on the other releases of those, these are more cartoony looking. So if you're specifically collecting 90s X-Men cartoon figures, these are the ones for you. And then finally... Uh, I don't know that it was my favorite reveal, but it was the one that I, I got the biggest kick out of. They are finally doing Firestar from Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. Hopefully they will release a uh, a cartoon-colored Spider-Man and a cartoon-colored Iceman to go with her. And, and she doesn't look 100% true to the cartoon, but it would be nice to see another brightly colored Spider-Man, perhaps with the Invisipin technology that they're making such a big deal out of now, where you don't see those ugly, miscolored pens in the elbows and the knees. Uh, and then we, we just need an Iceman who's not completely translucent. I, I was telling Phantom Jr. 
what I'd really like to see is an Iceman that is translucent white, but mostly covered in in a very very light blue paint deco. So there are only a few translucent places, or even a white deco. I, I don't feel like they've done anything that is. I've liked some of the Iceman figures they've done, but none of them are the Iceman that I want, if that makes sense. And if they did a Marvel Legends version of the Amazing Friends Iceman, I think that's what I'm looking for. Uh, So anyway, that was all of the uh, Pulse news, or PulseCon news, that I felt was worth mentioning. The last thing I want to throw out there, the Loyal Subjects, Subjects BSTAXN, which is best action if you can wrap your brain around that figures are going to be hitting walmart basically any day now i think the official street date is october 15th uh but you know who knows when they'll show up if they'll show up which stores they'll show up in it's in select stores so who knows what that means but they are five inch scale figures which whatever uh, but I'm excited to see some of them. They're doing uh, Gene Simmons as the Demon, Angus Young from ACDC, Lightning from Big Trouble in Little China, Spike Siegel from Cowboy Bebop, and then v- Vicious, Vicious... I didn't get very far into Cowboy Bebop. I really enjoyed it. I just never got back to it. But it's, it's another character from that. And I think there are a lot more as well that that I didn't pick up off of Instagram here. I'm curious to see these in person uh, for 15 bucks. They seem to be good figures with lots of accessories. And I can tell you Loyal Subjects does a really good job with those big head figures that they do. So to see actual real action figures, uh, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, I will 100% be buying any Big Trouble in Little China figures they do. I just, they don't go with anything else. Everything I've got is 3.75 or 6 inch or 7 inch or the 5 inch Doctor Who. So never mind, never mind. All right, that's it for news. <laughs> news. So by this point, you're probably wondering, how are we kicking off this crazy month of spooky content here on Needless Things? We're kicking it off with an episode all about giant killer animals. That's right, I have gathered a variety of experts on giant killer animalism, Uh, from across the world and we are going to pick out our favorite giant killer animals from across all forms of media it's a great it's it's an episode i've been wanting to do for a while and i think it's the perfect way to kick off the spooky season because we're going to give you all kinds of giant killer animals to think about so sit back uh, grab yourself a blood colored beverage of your choice and enjoy the newest episode of the needless things podcast Joining me tonight for our horrifying conversation are the gruesome Gary Mitchell, <laughs> Nicole Gould Cadaver. I have so many names. And Beth V is for violence. <laughs> I I don't have a scary laugh. I'm very upset about this. My well, scary laugh is my normal laugh. Yeah, I was going to say, you're, you do have a scary laugh. You just don't <laughs> refer to it as such. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking about about giant killer 
animals. And, you know, as the conversation goes on, maybe we'll sort of narrow down, because I, I wouldn't personally consider Godzilla to be a giant killer animal, because he's not based on an actual animal. He's a Godzillasaurus, which is not a thing. Now, he is a giant, but tonight we're going to be talking specifically about animals that are actual, for real, existing animals, but also happen to be giant and killers. Everybody got that? Yes. I was wondering if kaiju were on the menu. Uh, Only if they're literally like just a a 40-story tall pit bull mm. like that would count but not creatures that are you know that you wouldn't walk out and see in a much smaller size normally mm. uh so i'm gonna kick it off because it's my show and i know for a fact that every single one of you wanted to steal this one out from under me so i gotta begin and i'm going to begin with ramon I'm so mad at you. Killer alligator <laughs> from the 1980 movie Alligator. Uh, I saw this movie a lot when I was a kid. I believe it was one of the HBO regulars, and then went on to be a a TBS or TNT. Right? Well, probably TBS because TNT didn't come around till later. Uh, watched it over and over and over again. It scared the heck out of me because it's such a dark movie. But Ramon himself is a regular old little baby alligator that gets brought back to Chicago by a family who was visiting Florida. Uh, the That old yarn. And the dad hates animals. He hates Ramon. So poor old Ramon gets flushed down the toilet and ends up in the sewers of Chicago where he subsists on a diet of lab animals who have been tested on with uh, a uh, weird formula thing that has left them ravenous. So this growth hormone that's in these animals that Ramon has been eating turns him into a 36-foot-long alligator with an impenetrable hide that lives in the sewers of Chicago until he's prodded out by dumb humans who can't just stay out of the sewers and Robert Forster. (laughs) Uh, There's a great scene where he busts through like solid concrete he attacks a wedding party um it's you don't see a whole lot of ramon throughout the movie you usually just see like a tail thrashing or a close-up of an eye uh or those teeth but i think that actually made it scarier because in 1980 you know you don't have any cgi all you've got is practical effects and we've seen from other movies of the era that weren't as restrained with how much they showed their creature that it doesn't always work well when you just see the whole thing walking around. So Ramon scared the heck out of me. I, I love this movie. I love this creature. Unfortunately, it's not a widely available film. It's not currently streaming anywhere that I'm aware of. Uh, but Big Giant Alligator, totally scary. And... He has a toy. Did you guys know mm. that? I know. In 1980, Ideal released Alligator the Game. And mm. it was a tie-in to the movie. And it has the the a big toy alligator that you have to place things in its mouth and it's on a timer where it's going to its mouth its mouth snaps shut like at oh. intervals. I remember that now. 
It, yes. It was, I remember being it thinking at the time that was a ripoff of the Jaws game. Toy. Right, right. And people don't often realize it actually is a tie-in to the movie because it's a children's game, and the movie is very much not a, a children's movie. But, uh, yeah, you, you have to place objects in its mouth, and every once in a while the mouth just snaps shut. So if you've got anxiety, this maybe isn't the game for you, but this damn thing is, like, two feet long. It's massive uh, and a tough find nowadays if you're looking for one on, like, eBay or whatever. So since I know everybody wanted to pick Ramon, <laughs> let's talk about Ramon. All I have to say is that pool scene will stay in my brain forever. Or the one where he's not in the pool, and then all of a sudden he is in the pool, and yes. then all of a, and then all of a sudden he's downtown. Yes, <laughs> but just that the kid going to jump in the pool, and then the lights cut on, just the kids jumping into Ramon, laying there with his mouth open, like, "Yeah, come on, feed me." <laughs> and well, and this movie left me with a lot of my fears uh, of pool. Like I was nervous about getting into pools forever, um, and. Alligator. I mean, alligators are scary anyway, but uh, there's a big lake up where my grandparents live in Wilmington, North Carolina, where we would go to walk, but it was full of alligators, and you'd see them just hanging mm. out there, like hissing at you as you walk by sometimes. So this intensified my fear of that whole situation. Nicole, I know, I know you wanted Ramon. I I love Ramon. So the first time I saw this movie um, was actually uh, about eight or ten years ago. Um, Georgia State had their little cinema, and they were getting rid of the 35-millimeter projector and going digital. So for a couple months beforehand, I don't know if you guys remember this, they were doing, like, weekly double features of all these really cool 35-millimeter movies. And one night... It was Alligator and something else. I think it was like It's a Lot. Nice. Or Alice, Sweet Alice. One of those. Um, so they, they were going through the A's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I went down there for whatever it was playing with. But I was like, oh, I've never seen Alligator. Like, that sounds awesome. And expected it to be pretty much garbage. And I was so blown away by how much I, like genuinely loved this movie not in the i love bad movies way which i do um but i was like this movie is it's so much fun it's fantastic and like ramon uh to just there's the whole story because everybody that grew up around when we grew up like heard the story of the alligator getting flushed down the toilet yes right absolutely like, that is like what that's like that and the hookman are like our urban legends um <laughs> from you know growing up in like the 80s so you know to take that and it was kind of like satire in the movie but like to flush the thing down the toilet and then have it um get ginormous off of eating um you know chemically altered dogs it's just Mm -hmm. it's perfect i love ramon he's one of my he is honestly my favorite giant killer animal um ever to appear in a movie i think yeah we've we've talked about ramon before and i knew that was why i had to go first <laughs> yeah <laughs> he, no, he was, he was on I, my list too <laughs> i was so he was number one i was like no nobody's gonna take ramon 
<laughs> so it over the course of the film, Ramon eats seven people on screen, including one little boy, a leg, smashes through a concrete wall, and then gets blown up by a bomb at the end of the movie, uh, which, which again, very, very Jaws-like. But yeah, I just the movie is better than you expect it to be because we've seen so many things like this over the years that we're kind of numb to these low-budget, crappy creatures, and they were smart about the way that they shot him in in the film. Beth, you got any thoughts about Ramon? At the time I saw it, it wasn't low-budget and crappy to me. I was a little kid, and we happened to live in Florida at the time, <laughs> and we we had a canal in our backyard, so you'd go out into the backyard and occasionally there's just an alligator sitting there looking at you oh and gosh. like, okay, so we're going to play in the front yard today. And people, the people who lived across the street from us who didn't have canals, they all had pools and we would go to swim in somebody's pool and occasionally there's a baby alligator or a coral snake in somebody's pool. So Florida alligator is like a world of its own. It is, and I'm glad I got out. God, because everything in Florida wants you to die or be trash. <laughs> So it really scared the crap out of me when I saw it. And, you know, there are there are things that I don't mind having had seen as a young child that didn't scar me for life. But I think alligators scarred me for a little while. If not for life, it was, I am sure not going in a pool for a minute. Or I'm not going to go in your pool with the black liner. Or I'm not going to go with your unlit pool at night. Oh, my gosh. No. No way. No. Gary, you want to close close Ramon out? Yeah, I, I was in the same boat. I saw it on TV as a kid, like 11 years old I had to have been, and it just fascinated me because of that whole urban legend thing. You know, always liking alligators because they're basically dinosaurs. They're still around. Yeah. And the part that always stuck with me past the pool was Henry Silva as the big game hunter. And they do this <laughs> whole buildup of he's this huge big game hunter. He's going to take it down and then nope. <laughs> <laughs> he he lasts like what two minutes <laughs> and that's such a great trope that you know at the time maybe wasn't quite as much a trope but now we know the the full of himself you know hunter guy the master hunter who just gets devoured by the, the beast like that's definitely a thing now yeah and especially because it's henry silva who i love he's one of my favorite cb grade actors well, awesome. Ramon is wonderful. We all love him very much and wish he hadn't been blown up. Uh, moving on, Beth, what is your first giant animal pick? I am going to pick the most ridiculous, or what I think is the most ridiculous animal to make killer giant thing, and that is making giant killer rabbits in <laughs> Night of the Leapers. <laughs> yes! That was also my next pick. <laughs> Darn you. Here is the problem is that we all have way too similar tastes. Yes. Uh, I just found this to be the craziest idea for a horror movie ever. And I know it came out in the 70s. It came out way before I was born. But to make rabbits giant, fine. To make killer rabbits, fine. But to make giant killer rabbits... And the way it's done is so hokey because you can tell, like, they just fed some rabbits some jam to get a blood color on their mouth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and all of it looks like they shot, like, regular-sized rabbits in a little dollhouse that they set up. Oh, yeah, it completely was uh, all on really bad miniatures, which is what I think makes it so much more ridiculous. It has that Monty Python scene vibe to the whole movie. Yes. <laughs> Every time they flash to a close up on a bunny with blood red fangs you just 
immediately think of Monty Python. Yes. But, like, the the kills that they do, they kill a delivery driver full of, he's got a truck full of vegetables. They eat him, then they eat the vegetables. So what is it? Are you, are you just omnivores now? You're just going to go around eating people and then vegetables as well? So how, how, do they, how do they get giant? There's a farmer whose farm is being overrun by rabbits because the coyote population has been decimated. So he calls in some scientist friends to try to help him figure out how to get rid of the rabbits in a, in a humane way because he doesn't want to murder all the rabbits. And I believe one of the scientists is Janet Lee, not at I the think so. best part of her career. I know uh, DeForest <laughs> Kelly is also in it. Mm-hmm. But uh, so they begin experimenting on the rabbits to try and control their population, and their daughter loves bunnies, so she takes one of the bunnies and sets it free. That rabbit gets out, infects all the other rabbits, and of course they breed into super mega mega population overnight, and of course become giant and bloodthirsty at the same time. Breeding like rabbits, would you say? <laughs> I would say. <laughs> so. I remember this being on. I feel like TBS Saturday at midnight alternated weeks between this and Night of the Living Dead for years. That that's my memory, and I don't know if I've ever actually watched Night of the Leapers in its entirety. It's a hard one to sit down and watch. Like I've watched it several times, but. It's really hard not to get up and do the dishes while you're watching it or, you know, file your nails or, you know, clean your earwax. It's very, very hard. (laughs) Literally anything else. else. (laughs) Yes. You know, and it's like I've I've probably watched it three times. I I, air quotes watched it. Um, And when I was going through this, I was like, oh, yeah, not this. And then I'm like, I need to Google and remember some facts about it because it just doesn't. Not a lot ha- – I mean, it's really funny that there are giant killer rabbits that are actually regular-sized little lab rabbits that, you know, don't really do it and, like, lick ketchup off their own faces. <laughs> but um, it, it's hard to remember a lot of details about it. It's not the best movie. It's fun, but it's not the best movie. <laughs> but the end is fantastic because does anybody remember the way they get rid of the giant rabbits? I know there was bombs involved, but I don't think the bombs yeah. worked. They electrified, well, they might, have, they might have bombed them, and I just forgot that part, but they electrified train tracks and used oh, yeah. helicopters to chase the rabbits onto the train tracks, and then they get zapped by the train, electrified train tracks. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Cruelty-free. Yeah. <laughs> some, some rabbits were harmed in the making of that movie. Yeah, it yeah. Came out in the very early 70s. I'm certain that there are some animals harmed. Yeah, there was some fallout there. Which is, of course, not funny at all, but fortunately we live in a, a more uh, enlightened society now where we would never torture rabbits for our amusement in a giant killer animal movie. Right. Of course. Uh, any more thoughts about the the lepus, the lepus, I just whatever it is? Mainly, yeah, I remember mainly watching it just because, oh, it's it's got Dr. McCoy in it. It has to be good. <laughs> how child, how mean, many oh, movies oh. fooled us in that way when we were kids? <laughs> a lot. So that, I want to do this now as a double feature with Kingdom of the Spiders. I was just <laughs> thinking that same thing. Which, granted, I actually like Kingdom of the Spiders. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's its own thing. But we'll we'll do killer insects another time. Now we must move on to Gary's first pick. You know, and, and it's actually a good segue because I was torn for my first pick, but mine is an insect. The movie's terrible, but I'm picking it because when I watched this as a kid, the scene, I'm sure if I watch it now, I would laugh at it. But when I saw it as like a nine-year-old on Saturday night after midnight on the creature feature, H.G. Wells' Food of the Gods from 1976. It's about this weird stuff oozing out of the ground. Animals eat it and become large and threatening. And right in the beginning of the movie, there are these group of hunters going through the woods, and they run across these, like, five-foot-long wasps. Ew. Yeah. That's the worst thing ever. (laughs) So it's like this terrifying to a kid scene of these guys running through the woods in 1970s cinematography, jarring, jumping around. It's twilight, so the light's going in and out, and you have this giant wasp thing. He's just moving through the woods, and it was just, like, terrifying to me as a kid. I mean, just regular wasps alone. But the movie also has giant rats. Uh, it's got giant grubs, which was also terrifying. Big white. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just... The yeah. monsters in this thing are hideous. And it ends when they're... Uh... So the basic plot is, it's kind of the stuff. The stuff comes out of the ground. It makes things bigger. One wise guy gets the idea of, well, if we feed this to the right things, we'll have more food. And oh, we're gonna, and they market it like as a dog food. <laughs> and then the wasps come out and the grubs, and everybody's like, oh, no, this was a bad idea. This was a bad idea. And they blow the place up at the end, but unfortunately some of the food gets washed away down to a, a farm, and you see a bunch of cows. And so you're like, the movie ends with, soon there are going to be like 30-foot giant killer cows? I want to see that movie. <laughs> yeah, I'd check that out. Why not? I too want to see that. <laughs> yeah, I've, I know I've seen it. But it's been a long, long time, and I think it's been so long because whenever I did see it when I was a kid or whatever, it it scarred me a little bit. So it's one of those that I'm just like, I, I haven't been back to that yet. Yeah, I kind of don't want to go back to it because I want to preserve that feeling of terror. Yeah. And if I watch it now, I'll just be like, really? This? <laughs> yeah, I, I know that feeling very well. Uh, all right, Nicole. I, I will. I can only assume that giant wasps were your third pick. So, so <laughs> and now she hates us on my pick. What was what was fourth <sighs> on your list? Okay, so um, because we've already done an alligator, I am going to go with the God Monster of Indian Flats. Um, this movie. Okay, I know we're supposed to talk about the creature, but this movie is. something it's it's fine you got to give context okay so um god monster of indian flats is kind of like a weird western uh and in the middle of the weird western there is a mutated sheep that somehow grows (laughs) to (laughs) at least six or seven feet tall um (laughs) 
And you are totally of... throwing me for a loop here because nothing you're saying is what I'm expecting you to say. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just going to get going to continue like that. So hold on. Um, it, it walks around on its hind legs, which doesn't lead you to believe that it's a guy in a suit at all. Um, and it's got one arm that is about three feet long, and then one arm that's like a little T-Rex arm. Oh, God. Okay, it's sorry. It's like I'm janky. Sorry, I just started looking up pictures. Oh, God. It is very bizarre. So, And, and not to um, to plug myself, but uh, Nathan and I did this on our podcast several years ago. And um, what is that podcast called? Oh, uh, that's called Caught Editing. There you go. Um, so we we did an episode on this where we uh, got like really really drunk. So the episode actually might not be that good. <laughs> but um, it apparently my description of the uh, movie when I wrote it down immediately after watching it was um, that it's a story about racism, dog funerals, and what would happen if Sesame Street was set in Chernobyl. And I think that that <laughs> is a really good description of this. Now, the god monster is, honestly, you feel bad for him. He doesn't even, like, attack anybody for the first hour of the movie. He just sort of, like, like lulls around. <laughs> um, there's, in the very beginning of the movie, it's implied that the main character may or may not have had relations with one of the sheep. Oh. <laughs> I, yeah, I know he wakes up in the uh, in the sheep pen um, after a night of drinking. Uh, and then there's, like, scientists, um, for no particular reason, um, that are, you know, I... I don't even remember like what they were trying to achieve <laughs> by growing this insane mutant sheep. Um, it is, you know, it's a classic bad movie. There's, uh, you know, episodes of all of the God. What is that show where they make fun of the movies? Uh, MST3K. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, um, I know that there's been, you know, several of those shows. Whether if it was that one or or a ripoff show that have done this one. Um, it, it's fantastic. And, like, it's literally the least threatening and saddest of all of the killer animals that we're going to talk about tonight. Like, you're you're going to just feel bad for it. At one point, it gets lassoed uh, by several people and attacked. And you're just like, oh, man. Uh, it's, like, not his fault that he's a giant, weird-armed sheep monster. Hey, mutants got to mutate. Exactly. It's, now, uh, now it's does really he fun. actually kill anybody? Yes. Okay, okay. But not for the first 60 or 70 minutes of the not maybe 90-minute movie. <laughs> well, it's okay. So it's a, it's a long ride to get there. <laughs> so what, has... what makes him a god monster? Nothing. Okay. Uh, just <laughs> check out the title. I've never seen it, so I just wondered and if that paid off somewhere. Well, I don't believe see. they ever refer to it uh, as that in the movie. Really, the movie is about like this weird land deal, or this African American guy moves into this Wild West town, and he's very affluent, and he's trying to buy some land, and the people are really upset about it. And also, there's a mutated sheep. Hmm. So there's that. <laughs> And it's and and it's like 
it's very much okay, so the movie is very much about racism although after watching it i wasn't sure if it was like a cautionary tale about being racist or made by people who were really racist <laughs> i still don't know don't be racist or you'll get attacked by a giant meme <laughs> yeah that's kind of i was like is that what they're saying or are they just dicks i don't know so it's kind of like and there was evil. a fake dog funeral <laughs> a fake dog funeral yeah the, the dog, dog was, was fake really or the dead. funeral the dog was fake. the dog was not really dead and oh. you can hear the dog barking in the background of the dog funeral <laughs> <laughs> was like, it a even different the movie, dog could it have even been in a the different movie, dog the dog wasn't dead no the dog literally they shot a gun and the dog like played dead and then they were like look you killed my dog black man um and they framed him for killing the dog which was not dead oh my it's... gosh Wow. You should watch it. <laughs> yeah, that's got to go on the list, I think. But you'll be mad at me because you'll be like, oh, my God, nothing happened in this movie for <laughs> 70 minutes. <laughs> I'll beat myself. Yes. So that's the, the God Monster. The God Monster. My theory is they call it the God Monster because, you know, Jesus is the lamb. Okay. So that, oh, that okay. It. All right. Oh, you know what? That's I it. I can go Let's with that. There you go. Yeah. We'll take it. Gary wins. <laughs> Problem solved. Uh, all right. Well, since Gary won, Gary, you you are up next. All right. Well, my next one, uh, I'm going to stick with my uh, bug theme. Uh, this was my other alternate for, for my first choice because just the movie is so much fun. It's absolutely absurd. Eight-legged freaks. Yes. All the giant spiders in it. It just this is a movie that knows what it is. It doesn't care. It's there just to have a good time, and those spiders are just a ball. I love the scene with them chasing the guys on the dirt bikes. I love the ones that jump up and down on the car, bouncing the cars, trying to get people out of it. And the scene of them overrunning the town is just one of the best giant monster mayhem scenes on film. And we get David Arquette. So, David Arquette is—he's a treasure. He's just a joy in everything. And if, if for the listeners, if you have not yet watched, you cannot kill David Arquette. You really need to watch it. Mm. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I really need to. It's awesome, and it will make you love him even more. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't see this in the theater because I was like, "What? What is this shit?" But then once I saw it, I was like, oh, I'm a dum-dum. I should have gone and seen that in the theater because it, it's, it would be a great big screen experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had to pick one spider, which, which I will be making you do, Gary, uh, mm-hmm. but for me, the trapdoor spiders are the worst. Mm-hmm. Like, they, yes. Because they just, people are like running, screaming in terror, and then these things just pop up out of the ground and snatch them and pull them into their little yeah. spider holes. Mm-hmm. It's like just when you think you're safe. <laughs> yeah, and the tarantulas are almost cute. I'm terrified of tarantulas, but they're so when they're that big, and mm-hmm. the way they like rumble around like big tanks. Like I kind of mm-hmm. like the tarantulas, but but the trapdoor spiders, the, the the to me the the worst, scariest giant killer monster in the movie. What, what do you have one that you would, would one choose that... if you had to choose one? If I had to choose one, it's the one that comes up behind the guy when he's sitting in his lazy boy. Oh, Cause ooh, that's yeah, yeah. Cause like, a, I'm just sitting there watching TV, and then... Well, and that, that actually goes along with why I was so disturbed when Nicole was talking about the god monster, because she's like, mm-hmm. it's a sheep. I was expecting it to be like an iguana. Mm-hmm. And then she said sheep. And I was like, what, huh? And then 
you said, and it's six or seven feet tall. And I, was, <laughs> and I was like, well, that's not what I was expecting at all. You Man, said giant. <laughs> I think, and I, I might get to this if we make it to all of my picks, human-sized giant creatures are scarier than, like, giant, giant creatures. Mm. So that human-sized spider is much scarier than the big giant tarantulas to me. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, um, the, the scene with Kari Wer, well, I think it's Kari Wer. Kari Wer. Oh, you Johansson. bet it's Kari Wer. Well, it's either her or Scarlett Johansson, the teenage girl, where she gets pinned against the wall, and the one's in front of, and it's just holding her against the wall and starts to web her up. Oh, yeah. I can't remember if it's her or her, the, the teenage daughter. But that's a, just, it's right there in your face. Its eyes are as big as your eyes. An animal that's seven feet tall is much more likely to see you as a meal than an animal that is 60 feet tall. Because mm. it's going to have to eat a lot more people to yeah. sustain itself. Yeah, it's so just going to kill you. Like, yeah, it'll step yeah, on it's going to step whatever. on you. Yeah. Or, yeah, you're just going to die. You're not going to be eaten. Mm-hmm. So, every, everybody's seen this, right? Mm-hmm. It, it is a... Er, well, is it early 2000s, or was it... It's, uh, it was 2002. 2002, okay. So, it's a, it's a 2002 CG classic, I would say. But, in my mind, the way that they designed the spiders sort of played to the limitations of the CG at the time because they're a little fantastical. Like, they're not totally, like, biologically accurate spiders. So they, they, they're they able to get away with the CG not being what we would expect today. So, like, you go and watch the movie and it doesn't distract. It's not like sci-fi CG. Right. And it's just pure fun. I mean, I just love the scene that the title, where they do the title drop, where Arquette's up on the radio tower with the shotgun screaming, You ate legged fruit! Well, and originally, it was going to be called Iraq Attack, which is a horrible name. And they decided, uh, I can't remember why, they decided not to call it that. And David Arquette ad-libbed, You ate legged freaks in that scene, (laughs) and they were like, better name, let's do that. Mm Well, good choice. Yeah, because Iraq Attack, speaking of sci-fi, I'm a little surprised there's not a movie called Iraq Attack from sci-fi. Oh, (laughs) they didn't call it that because it was uh, the Iraq, I-R-A-Q, Iraq. They didn't want it confused in that way. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, So, any more thoughts about Eight-Legged Freaks, which is a fantastic, fun movie? I haven't seen it in a million years. Yeah, uh, yeah, my brain is dumb, so <laughs> I remember loving it, but that's all I remember right now. It's it's definitely worth a revisit. I, I haven't watched it in a few years either, but but the the spiders, the excellent giant killer animals. Good choice, mm-hmm. Gary. Thank you. Uh, all right, Beth, what is your next pick? Well, I'm going to bring up the giant shark debate. Let's do it. Because I'm picking an actual giant shark rather than just a kind of larger than normal shark, because I'm picking the Megalodon from the Meg. Yes. <laughs> okay, spo- wait, spoil- spoiler alert. If you have not yet seen the Meg and are not familiar with its plot, we're going to ruin a pretty awesome <laughs> thing about it. So just stop now, go watch the Meg, and then come back. And then come back. All right, continue. <laughs> that is the most fun movie I've seen in years 
And the funnest thing about it is the fact that what you think is the giant killer shark is not actually the biggest shark. Because there's a bigger shark. Mm-hmm. And this is a true giant shark. It is 82 feet long. And and just to win jaws for everybody who thinks that's a giant shark, the largest recorded, confirmed, verified shark ever caught or whatever they did with it, 21 <laughs> feet. I don't know what they did with it. I don't know if they killed it. I didn't want to know. 21 feet long. Bruce is 25 feet long. That is not outside the well, realm of possibility. I, I see. I feel like that's four feet longer. Uh, is it giant though? I for feel four like extra feet. I, if I was four feet taller, wouldn't I be giant? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're talking about scale here. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. But yeah. still, I mean, if you I make do... a sheep four feet taller, it's giant. That's, right. <laughs> that's terrifying. I do feel like. Being four feet longer than the largest great white ever recorded qualifies. I don't know. Yeah, when you're already the size of a big big car Mm -hmm. or a van, right? I mean, does does it four extra feet make that big a difference? But Jaws three, the terrible one, one of the terrible ones. Hang on now, no movie with Dennis Quaid (laughs) in it is terrible. I love Jaws three. I mean, campy. I, for camp value, I love oh, it's, it, but it's it, totally I'm not going to say it's a good movie. I saw it in the theater with my parents. I did, too. I saw it with my parents, too. Yeah. But that shark in that movie is supposed to be 35 feet long. That, I feel, qualifies. That's a giant that, shark. That's, that's but a giant shark. if you're bringing up a giant shark and you have to choose between the Jaws 3 shark and the Megalodon, the, the second well, Megalodon from the Meg... There's and no how, comparison. Yeah. How, how big was the second megalodon again? Uh, eighty-two feet. Okay. Yeah, because the regular yeah. megalodon they clock at about sixty feet, so that definitely counts. Twenty yeah. feet is a the the part that was unbelievable about it for me was like I was all in, bought in on the there's a megalodon. We just didn't know about it before. Good job finding that, I mm-hmm. guess. But when it goes up and is it swims up towards the beach and it's eating people like skittles. <laughs> You're gonna have to eat a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. That that's was a not, little. That's not your food. Yeah, yeah. I really wanted a scene. That I was hoping we were gonna get from the trailer with the shark just swimming up, the basking shark, just mouth open and just yes. swimming along, just you know, sucking down twenty people, like, like a like whale sucking down shrimp. Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, well, I, I, I think Brian. it's a fantastic movie, and everyone should have already seen it. But if you haven't. I hope you've gone and watched it now and come back to us later. Yes, and if you didn't care that we spoiled it and were like, I don't care about that stupid movie, I'll just listen to whatever <laughs> they're going to say, go watch it. It's so much go fun. Go watch it. Don't, it's not a freaking like, documentary. It's a big over the... It's Jason Statham like punching an 82-foot-long shark. Come on. Yes. Oh, and my other favorite thing I love about it is Jason's, Jason Statham got his start as a diving athlete. Yes. So he's yes. finally doing... What he started at what in the water. What he was meant to do. <laughs> I did not know that. Action yeah. diving. Yes. <laughs> yep. Jason Statham, action yep. diver. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He was in college as a professional. He was going to become an Olympic diver. And then they went, hey, you look mean. Put this gun in your hand. Wow, we have an action star. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Guy Ritchie. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> since we're talking modern movies, this actually fits in really well with my second pick. Uh, 
which is Ralph from Rampage. Ooh. <laughs> that, yes, also on my list. Oh, for real? <laughs> we're going, we're going yeah. video games, though, right? <laughs> no, I'm, games, talking about, I'm talking about the movie. Oh, okay. Um, now, I, there was a reason you didn't see it. <laughs> I did I did love the Rampage video game when I was a kid. Um, but Lizzie was my character in the video game. But Ralph in the movie... So this is what Ralph is up against. There's George, who's a gigantic ape who who you're sympathetic to. You care about George. He is he's the rock's best friend. And if you as a human being can't feel sympathy for somebody portrayed as Dwayne Johnson's best friend, then you need to just leave the human race right now. Because we all want to be Dwayne Johnson's best friend. Agreed. So he's got a giant ape that's Dwayne Johnson's best friend. And then Lizzie, which is another giant, although I believe Lizzie's a crocodile, not an alligator, uh, Mm -hmm. but giant crocodile, which is a cool thing swimming through the the water. Ralph is just a wolf, which wolves are really, really cool, but giant wolf doesn't have quite the same meat on the bone as giant ape or giant crocodile. He's so, ever so slightly mutated, though. Right. They had to plus Ralph up and give him... Uh, well, first of all, he's a gray wolf. Uh, he hails from Wyoming. And he is His mutated. His favorite color is blue. And he, <laughs> he likes, likes long walks in the woods. Sagittarius rise. He was transformed by inhaling a gas created by the evil industrial Energine company. He's 30 feet tall. But because Giant Wolf doesn't quite get the job done, he also has patagium, which are flesh that go between his uh, rear and four legs and allow him to freaking glide. So he's a flying wolf, and he also gets spines that shoot out of his back and his tail for some reason. Uh, Ralph's the only one that gets these like secondary mutations from growing like that Uh, but it's just awesome and the scene in the forest where the soldiers are hunting him down is so incredibly badass where this gigantic 30 foot tall wolf is like sneaking up on people Uh, and then when you finally see those wings pop out from between the arms Ah, it's just, it's amazing. It's incredible. The fight with the helicopters, Ralph is awesome. Ralph may be my new favorite giant killer animal. But sadly, at the end of 2018's Rampage, George jukes and dodges, and Ralph ends up getting his head bitten off by Lizzie, the giant crocodile. It's a very sad moment in giant monster history. Now, have you guys seen 2018 Rampage? I will not disagree with you that the monsters are awesome, but there's too much setup for too little rampaging. If your movie's Rampage, I want all Rampage all the time. I want you to wipe that story out in 20 minutes. But here's how they handled it. Move on from story, Rampage. Here's how they handled it. They hired the greatest actor of our generation, Mr. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, to go in and shoot up scenery until the rampage began (laughs) what more could you want oh my god i wanted rampaging and he was rampaging through the script rampage on the scenery (laughs) 
But regardless of all of that, Ralph is badass. Mm. I agree with that. Yeah, I, Ralph is definitely, I think, the highlight of that movie. I, uh, you know, it was kind of mixed on it. It for what it was. I mean, it wasn't like pretending to be the Godfather. No. You know, it was a movie about giant rampaging monster animals. Um, it was, it was entertaining. It was fun. Uh, but I, like, I don't need to watch it a second time, you know? No, I don't but, know because I love it. I, I agree <laughs> with you, Nicole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I actually saw it in the theater, oddly enough. Um, Ryan had gotten like a press pass, so we went to see it and I had a lot of fun. I see um, remember and then I was him like, specifically yeah, like not liking it. He likes it a lot less than I do. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "Okay." <laughs> we all we all went and saw it in the theater and had a great time. I I thought it was a lot of fun. Oh, I forgot we all saw it together. No, 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 no. I'm the, the uh, uh, like we as in me and the missing family. Oh, okay. Because I was like, man, I thought we saw it on the press. I don't know. My brain again, not good. It's okay. We're we're all getting old, and things don't come as easy as they used to. Hey, that's, that's true. what she said. <laughs> hey sorry um, i've been watching yeah, a lot of office <laughs> yeah i personally loved it i love jeffrey d morgan i will never it's it's it really has to be a horrible movie for me not to like anything the rocks in yeah uh and i love the fact that the rock made sure that at least the giant ape lived because originally the original script he died and the rock was like you don't understand the yeah. movies i made yeah 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 that's right i I'd forgotten that, but you're right. He that was all him. Where he was like, "We're not killing George, guys." Yeah. You know why? Because I'm the Rock. Yeah, and you know you're right, Gary. It the Rock is so charismatic that you know you can't. At least I can't mm-hmm. hate anything that he's in. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I even like San Andreas. I like oh, I love San Andreas. I watch disaster movies anyway, though. I watched that stupid skyscraper movie he was in. Mm. Oh, that was that, a tough one. That thing is a piece of shit. But he's in it, so it's like you're like, eh, it's the rock. Look yeah. at him jump across the thing. <laughs> All right, uh, we got to move on. Nicole, pick number two from you. All right, I'm about to get real fucking weird with it. What? Ooh. What do you mean about <laughs> to? You just brought up a seven foot tall sheep with one big arm and one little arm. It gets that was weirder? my normal pick. Oh my gosh. Okay. It's bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will just about guarantee that no one else has seen this movie, but it's so ridiculous that I have to talk about it. The movie is called Drumroll, please. Uh, Ant Farm Dickhole. <laughs> Wow. This is a 2011 uh, film from Bill Zabub, who a very, very, very prolific indie filmmaker, like real, real indie filmmaker. Um, so the dude's made a, a ton of really, really cheap movies. But Ant Farm Dickhole is, I guess, basically an hour and a half long ex- to have a movie called Ant Farm Dickhole. Um, but it is about a colony of warrior ants who are significantly larger than your average ant um, so they qualify living in this guy's urethra um, which he then uses to fight people who bully him why are you saying these things to us (laughs) (laughs) 
because you agreed to have me on your podcast. <laughs> That's I thought fair we enough. Were friends. I am the weird one, and I don't want to let people down. <laughs> oh my gosh! So there's a moment in the movie where when he the the ants get in there, like they don't really necessarily explain why the ants decide to make a colony inside his urethra. Um, and so because they have now this symbiotic relationship, the ants protect him. So there's a scene where his girlfriend is um, uh, taking it downstairs, shall we say, on a extremely fake-looking plastic phallus. Um, and the giant ants come out of his dick hole and they eat her and it's basically like you see her and then you see her covered in what could be ketchup for all we know and then you see a skeleton and that's how all the kills are (laughs) um virtually every woman in this movie including the and i'll use air quotes here even though you can't see them scientist is clad in a bikini uh pretty much the whole time oh i was gonna ask if they were played by uh porn stars most likely okay. uh not i mean I, I they're very very great actresses um and, and actually there are moments in this movie i love this movie i think that it is a much better movie than you're thinking it is by the way i'm describing it I, now I it is a bad the, movie i noticed the tagline is he's got ants in his pants yes <laughs> oh and now i'm in yeah <laughs> it is uh, it's so worth it. Ryan hates this movie. Um, he <laughs> he thinks it is unwatchable garbage. I think that it is bad, uh, but it it has like actually some moments of like redeeming quality with the dialogue not being terribly bad. Um, the effects are pretty much all plastic skeletons. Um, there's like the ants are. Um, very obviously, like, you know, plastic, not, I like toy ants or whatever. And they're about, you know, a couple inches long. Um, and they come out of his uh, very not real looking dick hole. And at one point, to try to get the ants out of their uh, nest, he gets an anteater. Oh, no. And they very badly CGI in just a still picture of an anteater. Not even like, they didn't even like CGI an anteater. They like took a still picture of an anteater and like put it in like coming down from the top of the screen onto his uh, fake phallus to eat the ants. It is, it's so fucking strange and I love it. So you, you, the only way to get this is, like, you'll have to borrow the beat from me, honestly. <laughs> but, um, I mean, maybe it's streaming somewhere, maybe on Venmo. Uh, not Venmo. What's the other one that starts with a V? Where you can watch movies. Very Vimeo. bad movies Vimeo. streaming? No, <laughs> Vimeo is what I was trying to say. Um, this looks but, like a daily motion special to me. It's uh, It's pretty great. And ant farm dick hole i so mean the, how could you not love it the ants God. from ant farm dick hole are your the ants from ant farm they don't have names um can i tell I mean, you can i tell you now how much i'm regretting choosing ramon i should have just 
let you have Ramon. You <laughs> would never have known that Ant Farm Dickhole existed, but now you do. I wish You're I could welcome. go back to the way things were before. <laughs> I'm going to bring it to your house and make you watch it oh sometime. I, I am looking at the cast list on IMDb and I'm horrified to see that people's names are... The characters' names are Andrew. Oh God, and I forgot. Andrea. That. Yes, Andrea. And and Anthony. Anthony. Well, I, Aunt, Mar- I, Aunt Marie. Aunt Marie. None, none of that matters because it's just all about the giant ants, which, by the way, are really only like five times the size of actual ants. Hey, if I was five times the size of actual Nicole, I yeah, would be that's a giant. true. You're right. You're Thank right. You. <laughs> I, I am looking you forward win. to the needless commentary on this. No. Uh, So, let's move on, please. Uh, You're welcome. Beth, what is your third pick? Well, I'm going to pick a giant snake, and I'm picking particularly the giant snake from Anaconda. Yes! Because that is such a gem of a movie. It's such a good movie that Eric Stoltz gets stung by a bee and is out the whole movie and is just like, hey, I, I did my two scenes, I'm gone. Hey, he gets good, stung on the inside luck, of his mouth. Yeah. Or his throat and or whatever. As as terrible as the snake looks, by any standards, day or otherwise, well, at the, at the time, eh, it was it a passable movie good, for the time. But it was like, well, this is what CGI looks like. Oh, although there you, are a lot of practical snakes, too. Yeah, there are a lot of normal size snakes. Well, no, no, no. And, I mean, they're, they did, they use practical effects for for the anaconda as well. There are a few scenes where it's a, like it's an actual head that they built. Oh, there. yeah, yeah. And you can tell the difference. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> but you've got you've got J Lo, you've got Ice Cube, you've got Hey Kari Wur coming back. Yes, uh, and a just redonkulous performance by John Voight. It is insane. Terry and I still, to this day, nothing explodes. It always explodes. Explodes. Because <laughs> that, that accent what, is so bad. Whatever the fuck that accent is supposed to be. <laughs> and then the delightful I Owen I Wilson. I know what it's supposed to be. Owen Wilson, like, what's he oh, doing yeah. in this movie? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. It, it's hard to say who eats more. Does Anaconda eat more cast members? Or does John Voight eat more scenery? Oh, John Voight for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And this is another movie where they do the, it's the giant anaconda, oh no, it's attacking everybody, but then later runs a gianter anaconda. Mm-hmm. Like, because they have the one that you think is the anaconda, and then we find out there's one much, much bigger, and I think it's is the first time we see that one when he goes over the waterfall and it just yanks him yes. uh, and into the tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man, I love Anaconda. As a matter of fact, I just watched it a few weeks ago again, and, and yeah, the CGI... It's so much fun, though. It, it is. And, well, and that's the thing, is, like, the seeing the the way over-the-top campy performances and, mm-hmm. and the... It, it's just a fun, awesome movie. It's, this is on my list. Uh, I have a list of movies that deserve CGI updates. Yes. And th- this, along with The Mummy, is one of them. Yeah. Plus, we have Ice Cube in one of his first roles. Um, Kari Wurr again, popping up. Ice Cube, who calls the snake a bitch. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I love it. This, this, yeah, this, this there's was... nothing about 
There's nothing about it that scares me like alligator no. scared me or like some other things have scared me, but it's just it is a solid good giant animal movie and it's one of the things this and Lake Placid they might be two of my favorite giant animal movies of all time. Yeah, I, yeah, and they they were kind of part of the same pedigree to a certain extent. But well, and especially since they all received sequels from sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't talk mm-hmm. about those. No, we really don't. Much as I like would like to be nice and be like, no, they're you know, no, they're just bad. No, it's they're bad terrible. Stuff. They're terrible. Uh, all right, I am gonna go next, and I've got a tough decision here. I can either go brief and horrifying, or I can bring things down a little bit and bring. I think I'm gonna have to bring things down, you guys. I'm sorry, oh, because boy. I want I want to go a little outside of the box here. And I'm going to bring up Shardik from the Stephen King novel The Wastelands from 1991. Mm. Oh, God. The giant cybernetic bear. Um, and and this, this is so memorable to me because we got the incredible art from the novel. The, if you got yes. the, the hardcover. Uh, is it Whelan? Dave Whelan? Is that right? I think, I think so. I think yeah. that's right. That, uh, uh, and then the picture where he's got Susanna on his shoulders. Yes. Uh, okay, sorry. Uh, so, <laughs> Shardik is a... Oh, gosh, why didn't I write down his height? I think he's a 40-foot tall bear that is one of the guardians of the beam. And Yeah, I mean, he's reaching the tops of, of like, old right, trees. Right, right. Yeah. And mm. in the way that King does, he gives you just enough information to sort of be tantalizing and to move the story along. But there are a lot of empty spaces in the history of this thing it's it's one of the guardians but you have to wonder uh it i don't think it was created by north central positronics i think north central positronics got a hold of it and added these cyborg components because it's right exactly so it it's a cyborg but outwardly really the only cyborg thing you see is the radar dish that's on top Mm -hmm. of its head that Susanna has to shoot to kill it, which is tragic because this giant noble creature that is one of the guardians, the guardians of the beam for the listeners, if you don't know Dark Tower, they're kind of like gods in the Dark Tower, gods of good or or gods of order, how about? And uh, so this is a, a huge noble creature that's been altered by man, bastardized by man, and its biological components are dying and it's decomposing but it's still alive because of these cybernetic components and it's insane yeah Yeah. and that you know he keeps saying that he's got uh foam coming out of his mouth with little worms in it yes Um, all of its biological components are infested with these worms which is just horrifying and it it's you know it's very obviously in in a lot of discomfort um, yeah, it is, it's really sad, but it's angry, like an animal would be if it's yes. in discomfort and it doesn't understand why. And it sees these intruders in its lands, uh, so it goes after our heroes, our quartet, uh, and, and they have no choice but to kill it. Mm-hmm. And it's and, uh, the way that King writes the, the sequence with Shardik is scary, but also in intensely tragic mm-hmm. yeah, very much so and uh you know 
as you said, if you haven't read The Dark Tower, uh, go ahead and pull up a chair for about six months uh, and start reading. <laughs> yeah. It's it's absolutely epic. Uh, one of the best things you'll ever read, but it's ridiculous. It's like five books that are about a thousand pages apiece. And if you haven't read it, but you did see that shit-ass movie, well, just... go read it take that movie and throw it in the trash and pretend it doesn't exist because it has very little representation of what the books actually are. Uh, Man, but that yeah. was a good one. Yeah, Shardick. I, I wanted to do something a little little different. Not, not Nicole different. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, that, that's... Uh, that's one that stuck with me, uh, you know, since 1991. That that's a hugely memorable, huge animal. Oh yeah. Uh, all right, Gary, you are up next. What you got? It's a tough call, because, um, and as much as I want to go with my my other choice, I'll leave them as a an honorable mention if we get around to them. We will. Uh, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with what was already mentioned: the alligator in Lake Placid. Okay. I love that alligator. It's no Ramon, <laughs> but it's bigger, a little bigger, and we have what some of the best lines in movies, like Stop Throwing Heads at Me, <laughs> or Betty White saying, if I had a dick, this is where I would tell you to suck it. <laughs> She's um, glorious. Yeah. But the animatronics used in the movie are fantastic. I mean, even the cow. Because there's a story from the set where, you know, Betty White's a huge animal rights person. And there's a scene where they're going to feed a cow to the alligator. And Betty White comes out and sees the, the, and she starts screaming, what are you doing to that cow? They're like, no, no, it's a fake cow. And it was. So That was a good fake cow. I never realized that. Yeah. Um, but it's just, I love... The, uh, it's got some other favorite ones, like when Oliver Platt's in the water looking at it, and he goes, oh my god, I just realized this is a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I love, love Lake Placid. I love... Well, and again, we have the There's Another One. Mm-hmm. Um, which is such a good bait and switch, and we've seen it enough times now where we should know, but this... I think what was so great about Lake Placid is it's a good giant killer animal movie, but it's also just a really fun movie. To me, mm-hmm. it falls along the same line of arachnophobia, mm-hmm. where yes. it's genuinely scary at times, but it's also hilarious and has these great characters that you really get attached to, which you don't always have in your giant killer animal movies. Well, but this yeah. has a real cast. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, yeah, most of the time the characters are jerks, so you don't mind them getting eaten. Yeah. And, you know, Bill Pullman is great. Bridget Fonda's great. Oliver Platt's great. Brendan Gleeson. I mean, it's just top-notch people all the way down. And it's funny that, in general, you know, it's still recognizable as CGI, but for the most part, the alligator is much, much, much better than, like, any of the snakes in Anaconda. Uh, it, it is, the CGI is better than passable, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Excellent choice. Any other Thank thoughts you. about Lake Placid? And it's got a great that introduction. Fantastic, yeah. Yeah. And the first time we actually see it when it takes out the bear. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yes. 
Yeah, All that's right. that's like a perfect cinematic moment. Because the bear is like, oh, shit, a bear. And then... <laughs> oh, oh, shit, wait. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, well, if, if I had had any idea that we were going to be talking about gems like the God Monster of Indian Flats <laughs> and Ant Farm Dickhole, I perhaps wouldn't have arranged this thing this way. But, Nicole, <laughs> you're going to be closing us out. <laughs> what is your final pick? Um... My the last one on my list. It's a little weak. It's a little weak compared to my other ones, um, but <laughs> I, I was gonna go with the alligator from Eating Alive. I know we've done a lot of alligators, but alligators or crawl, same thing. Ooh, um, which crawl mm, wasn't giant, but Eating Alive crawl wasn't great though. I liked crawl. I liked crawl. Mm, meh. <sighs> I liked it. Anyways, but Eating Alive. Um, is a the Hooper movie yes. from 1976. Uh, Toby Hooper, we all know from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, he also made a really weird movie about, sort of about a killer alligator uh, that is larger than a normal alligator. Um, so hopefully it is allowed is in by the judges. At this, um, at this point, we'll allow it. <laughs> so... It lives in, like, a little swampy pool outside of a shit-ass rundown motel in, like, in the middle of the woods in Louisiana. Well, as long as it doesn't live in a man's dick, I, I'm I'm good. <laughs> I only had one thing that lived in someone's dick. Dick Gator. Yeah, and I did that one. <laughs> Although, now I want to make a movie called Dick Gator. Um, yeah. If anybody was going to make it, it would be me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it, it's like this little, like, ramshackle hotel that this psycho, limping, crazy guy runs. And anybody that pisses him off just gets fed to his gator. Um, uh, there's, like, it eats a dog. Um, it, it eats a dog, which somehow leads to this guy killing uh, the father of the family the dog belonged to and feeding him to the alligator and then tying up the mom and torturing her. Um, And then uh, there's like a whorehouse down the road where uh, several of the ladies of the night come from there to stay in his hotel and end up being eaten by the alligator. Um, the alligator is kind of like the supporting actor to uh, the owner of the hotel. Right. Is, is very much, um, you know, a psycho who's just looking for an excuse to feed you to his, his alligator. You know, the, the alligator like, is well, like you one of... If you want to have sex with him, you're going to like get stuck with a pitchfork and thrown to the alligator. The alligator uh, is like one of Carol Baskin's tigers. Very much so. Yeah, it's like a garbage disposal. It's just <laughs> like, you know, eight feet long. Um, and, and like the movie is weirdly red. Like <laughs> whenever I have a brain fart and can't remember the name of this movie, I'm like the one about the alligator that's red. <laughs> because like it's almost like I don't know why, but the way they filmed it, like every scene is just way too red. Um, it's like a, a weird fever dream. Um, but, you know, the alligator is just, it's just glorious, and it's just like, 
constantly awaiting its next uh, person who skipped out on their hotel bill or or wouldn't have sex with, um, I think the guy's name's Judd, uh, this super, super, super creepy, I think, you know, the guy that made Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, if he mm-hmm. was gonna make a movie about a guy who owned a hotel and, and an alligator, um, it's, it's pretty glorious, it's one of my favorite, like, weird mid-70s, uh, you know, animal slash slasher type movie, because it's kind of both. I, I am far more likely to look that up and watch it than I am many of the other movie games tonight. <laughs> <laughs> of all of the three that I have talked about, this is the most watchable. And the one that I would actually recommend. Although, um, like I said, it, it has this weird, like, like red, like, glow to, like, most of the movie. And, like, the sound is a little bit not great. But it's, like, the mid-70s. Um, slasher meets animal horror movie. It's pretty great. I'm here for that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally check it out. And it's it's a l- very large... Cro- it's actually... I think it's a crocodile, not an alligator. It doesn't freaking matter. <laughs> um, I think if you Google it, it's going to call it a crocodile. But I don't... Um, I'm going to call it an alligator because it takes place in the southern United States. So If, if anybody's wondering, it's included with Prime. Nice. Oh, yeah, I just found this out. Do you know how yeah. you tell the difference between an alligator and a crocodile? One yeah. will see you later, and one will see mm-hmm. you after, after a while. A while. <laughs> also, it has Marilyn Burns, who is the survivor from um, Texas Chainsaw yes. Massacre, and it has oh. a very young Freddy Krueger, Robert Englund. Nice. As a really terrible creepazoid guy. Um, no. <laughs> which is weird. It's almost like it has a type of plays. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're like, oh shit, that's that's Robert England. Um, but yeah, it. Uh, I think there was even a time where he was on the cover of the VHS because he was the only like Nightmare on Elm Street had become a thing. So they were like, hey, we've got that guy in our movie. Let's put him on the cover. He probably was. I, I feel like that's a thing. I, I I might be making that up, but I think it's accurate. Well, guys, it is time now for our honorable mentions, where we'll run down the rest of our lists uh, just to make sure we get some names across. So I'm going to start here and mention the Scorpiox from Clash of Titans, the man-sized Ooh. scorpions. Yes. Uh, yeah. The giant bees from Thundercats, the giant squid from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and, of course, King Kong. Uh, let's see, Beth, what are your, do you have honorable mentions that didn't quite make it into the show? I only have one that didn't get mentioned, and that was, of course, Mimic. Yeah. Which which is a giant bug. I, I tried uh. to steer clear of the 50s nuclear bugs. The Cold War bugs, and I we tried did, to yeah, clear. we didn't talk about them. That's oh. one of my first. That's my first honorable mention. Okay, okay, I, we'll get there. I then. pushed aside the the fifties Cold War stuff, and I pushed aside the sci fi garbage. And we've talked about most other movies on my list, but Mimic is one that we didn't get to. Yeah, that is a bug one that only had like one or two things that creeped me out, but the things that creeped me out really creeped me out. Like the one where she walks up to the guy and it turns out, oh crap, that's not a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I saw that in the theater, not really knowing, just knowing like, oh, it's a new horror movie, not really knowing what it was or what I was getting into. And it, it did really creep me out because I didn't really know it was going to be a bug movie. And uh, I'm a bug guy. Don't like them. Uh, I would prefer them to be man-sized than be crawling out of a penis, but... <laughs> Wouldn't but, we all? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think if, if the choice is between those two things, <laughs> that, that man-sized would be, would be better. Yeah, I, I love Guillermo del Toro, like, so, so much. Um, and Mimic is perfect. I think it's underappreciated, for sure. Yeah, I think so too. absolutely. Uh, let's see. Okay, Gary, uh, honorable mentions. Uh, I gotta go with the OGs, them, the giant ants. Yes. And King Kong. And, uh, the giant tarantula and tarantula. And a big shout out to all, like you remember, all the giant 50s giant bugs beginning and the end, the giant grasshoppers, just because that's uh, amusing. You're, you're a Bird Eye Gordon fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I almost mentioned beginning of the end just because, to me, killer grasshoppers is almost as lame as killer bunnies. But you never see the grasshoppers actually kill anybody. Well, that's true. But you do get to see them climbing a postcard. I mean, giant buildings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, again, Nicole, you're going to wrap us up. I had... Uh, I had a couple that we decided to rule out because they weren't giant, um, but I had uh, black sheep, which is mutant sheep. Um, uh, why am I always with the killer sheep? I guess the sheep are you terrifying. They are yep. weird. And then um, barn of the blood llama, which is a, a another ridiculous movie that I kind of accidentally discovered. But also not giant. But not giant, so uh, I I kind of crapped out, and then the rest of my list was talked about by you guys because you guys are um, <laughs> awesome. Honestly, you guys are awesome, <laughs> and you uh, picked some really really excellent giant killer animals. We we are awesome, and we suck at the same time. Yes, <laughs> for yes. taking your stuff. So now yes. for the but it's okay because I'm really glad that my stuff got talked about. Here's uh here's the difficult part. We're gonna go through and determine the greatest giant killer animal. We are oh, each, well, I lose. We are each... <laughs> yeah, probably. We are each going to get one vote, but you cannot pick your own giant killer animal. Uh. Uh, I am going to... And I'll, I'll run... Here, here is the list. Uh, we have Ramon from Alligator, the giant rabbits from Night of the... Is it Lepus or Lepus? I, I thought it was Lepus. I thought it was Lepus. I, I could be wrong. All right, well, giant rabbits, uh, <laughs> giant it's, wasps it's... from Food of the Gods, the god monster of Indian Flats, <laughs> uh, the any one of the spiders from Eight-Legged Freaks, uh, the the even bigger Megalodon from The Meg, Ralph from Rampage, the, the ant from Ant from Dickhole, <laughs> the bigger anaconda from Anaconda, Shardik the Bear from The Wastelands. Uh, the Alligator from Lake Placid, who I think did have a name, but I can't remember. I don't remember his name either. Anyway. I think Betty White gave him a name, but I, I think can't so, remember. I think so, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, the Alligator slash Crocodile from Eaten Alive. Those those are your choices, but you cannot choose your own. Beth, out of that, which one is the greatest giant killer animal? 
I'm going to pick Ramon. Ah, very good. Because he uh, was at the top of my list, too. Gary? I am also going Ramon because he was also my number one pick. <laughs> and Nicole? Um, you know, I was going to go with Ramon until you brought up Shardik. Um mm. I think that I need to give him a vote because that was that was solid. So I'm going to go with Shardik. All right. Well, that is my vote is for the trapdoor spider from Eight-Legged Freaks because to me that's the one I would least want to encounter in any way. Uh, but in my heart, I know Ramon. But we got two <laughs> votes. We got two votes for Ramon anyway. So yes. Ramon from Alligator has been voted as the greatest giant killer animal. You guys, thank you for coming on and talking about giant killer animals on the Needless Things podcast. Before we go, uh, where can we find you and what are you up to? Nicole, you have a project you want to put over. Oh, I do. Uh, So Ryan and I have um, gone on our own and started making candles. Um, So look up Cadaver Candle Company. we are uh, doing pre-orders right now. We're in the very, very beginning, but we've got five really exciting scents. Um, so far, we do 8-ounce candles, wax melts, and the room sprays. You can find us on Facebook, um, Instagram, as Cadaver Candle Company. And if you want to order stuff, go to uh, cadavercandleco.bigcartel.com. Uh, and if you want to get 20% off, you can use a code uh, grand opening and get 20% off your first order. And of course, the Caught Dead Watching podcast, where things like... Where I talk about shit like <laughs> Ant Farm Dickhole and God Monster of Indian Flats. If you, so if you hate me and the stuff I talk about, don't listen. If you love the stuff I talk about, because I'm so awesome and charismatic, go listen to Caught Dead Watching, because I talk about really, really weird movies with my friend Nathan. Um, and the, and once 2020 stops kicking us in the dick, we will be back with a new episode. It's just been a rough year. Boy, howdy. Yeah. Speaking of going off on your own, Beth, you also have a podcast to promote. I do, but I will also uh, fully endorse Nicole because even if you don't like the stuff she talks about, she's <laughs> hilarious to listen to, a lot of fun, just go listen to her and buy some candles. Uh, I demand that if we room together at Dragon Con next year, our room smells like butterbeer at all times. Oh, it will, <laughs> except for when we're not in it because I don't want to burn down yeah, the indigo because it's a really um, nice hotel. <laughs> <laughs> but I am a co-host of the Execute Chapter 66 podcast, where we talk about all kinds of Star Wars books and canon legends. We just did a play the other night we recorded. So please listen. If you like Star Wars, we, we promise you'll like our podcast, unless you just hate me. <laughs> and if that's the way you want to be, then that's fine. Then you're a jerk. Let's go cry. That's fine. <laughs> And no finally, one could possibly hate you. Uh, Gary, where can we find you online? What are you up to? Uh, you can find me as part of the DragonCon American Sci-Fi Classics track. You can find our group on Facebook if you search for DragonCon American Sci-Fi Classics, where we do all kinds of wacky chicanery all year long and then bring you the joy over Labor Day weekend. Uh, you can find me on the Twitter as at Gary underscore Mitchell. That's Mitchell with one L. Yes, Star Trek fans, it's my real name. 
Awesome. You guys, thanks so much for coming out talking about giant killer animals to kick off our Halloween season on the Needless Things podcast. Uh, More to come, and I'm sure we'll be talking to you all again sooner than later, especially you, Nicole, because (laughs) whether you've realized it or not, you're on every episode this month. Get ready, guys. You're going to hear a lot of weird shit. I am rethinking that decision. (laughs) No. Please remember to check out the Needless Things YouTube channel. Go watch all those toy reviews, spooky stuff coming this month. Like, subscribe, share, tell your friends about it. Join the Needless Things podcast Facebook group. But remember, you do have to answer those three questions. You do not get a free pass, and they're very easy questions. Come on, people. Just just pay attention to what you're doing. Uh, what else is happening? Uh, check out Execute Chapter 66, now available in its own feed. Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. New episode coming Monday. Halloween special coming October 23rd. More spooky episodes of the Needless Things podcast throughout the month of October. Uh, Instagram, Needless Things podcast and Phantom Troublemaker Twitter, it doesn't really matter. I I rarely post to there. I try to do a little more with Audible Interlude, but because there seems to be a big G.I. Joe base on Twitter for some reason. But basically everything on Twitter from Needless Things or from me is either reposted from Instagram or under Phantom Troublemaker on Twitter, it's me trying to get some famous person's attention. Which never works. So that's just sad. So don't even follow Phantom Turbomaker on Twitter. Just go to Instagram. Much, much higher quality content over there. You guys, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed our inaugural 2020 Halloween episode. We had a great time recording it. Uh, and we already know, like, this whole month is scheduled. We know what we're doing. We know when we're doing it. It's going to be great spooky content all month long. Culminating in something that we've never done before. Uh, a, a topic that I've thought about for years and have just never really touched. So it'll be a lot of fun. Thanks for listening. I love you guys. The alligator wants food to chew. Feed him just right or he'll feed on you. Better be lucky with the spinner that tells you to feed him or take out his dinner. Give him a TV, only he knows, just when his jaws are ready to close. Take out a jug, put in a case. He's losing his patience, just look at that face. Feed Feed him a a can can if that's what you choose. Throw in a block and you lose. The Alligator Game. From Ideal. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.